0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson. Here my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Well, hello. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty swell, because today we're talking about our twa, top, top, <laughs> top 12 rookie <laughs> running <laughs> backs. Uh, nailed it. R- <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So we're talking top 12 <laughs> running backs for the 2020 season. There's a lot of teas in there. There's a lot of T's. Top
2: 12 2020. It's
0: a lot. Terrific.
2: Terrific. Tomfoolery. Uh, yeah. Tenacious.
0: Tanisha, think of them. Think of them. Think of them. <laughs> the T- Titanic.
2: The
1: Titanosaurus. Titulating.
0: I don't know I wanted to say that. It's, just,
1: it's not appropriate. Uh, T- Tanselizing
0: tantalizing there
1: you go yes running backs mm-hmm.
0: the tan- most tantalizing running backs for the 2020 season tantalizing top 12
1: running backs of 2020 where do it's we you.
0: see these lovely fellas landing who will be running back ones? running back ones are important and this was a hard yeah. list to come by because there's some guys you to leave out there you're like oh these guys are definitely running back ones dude it's, I, it's, I had
1: such a hard time with it i know you were like I could I could there I could put in way more than than twelve. I'm like no you can't. Yeah, both, guys, you, both of guys both you guys
2: were like yeah no just twelve. I was That's like true. I I get the concept <laughs> yes I understand how that works. Just saying it's difficult. Well I'll just do twelve. All right.
0: A little teaser which is the craziest thing here and I don't know why I did it and I, I, I probably got to change. I, I, the thing is I'm gonna change my mind here quickly in my top twelve. But like I had Leonard Fernandez my tight end one my wide receiver <laughs> right. one and we're doing quarterbacks next next episode. I, I don't have him as quarterback one. I have him as no. quarterback eleven. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't get I think that get, is a quarterback one. No, no, one overall.
2: Oh, oh, got, it, got right, it, yeah, it, yeah, right yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I got it. Uh, but I couldn't I couldn't get Leonard from in my top 12 running backs. running backs, huh? huh? Yeah. Weird. Weird. I mean, it's, he's kind of playing out of position there, so I figured <laughs> it, would, it wasn't a smart move.
1: Right. On huh. My end. That makes sense on your yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah so he's he's making more sense not dollars it seems like. But I could easily We'll talk about it.
1: We will. We will. Before we
0: do, can we get a word from our sponsor? That's DynastyOwner.com. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by DynastyOwner.com. One of my new favorite fantasy football platforms to play on out today. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with actual NFL player contracts and salaries. Carrot, you just drafted in the expert league last night. Who did you draft?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a very different platform than I'm used to trying to uh, play on. And so I had to really adjust the way I would rank some of the players because you have to take uh, the salary so much into consideration. So I have, I ended up with guys like Jonathan Taylor on my team, obviously rookie running backs, get them for a long time, they're cheap. Uh, Joe Burrows on my team. nice. Went a little more expensive at wide receiver. Got guys like Tyreek Hill and Allen Robinson. Uh, then drafted a lot of like uh rookie wide receivers like Jalen Rager, Michael Pittman. So I was really happy with how it how it turned out. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a fun draft, good time. Uh, a lot of a lot of good other guys in the fantasy football world that were in this draft as well. So uh, I really enjoyed it. And while I'm talking about that, uh, Dynasty Owner is actually setting up nerd herd leagues where Dynasty nerd listeners can play against each other. They're going to be having startup drafts over the next couple weeks. Go to dynastyowner.com slash nerds and create your own login and then email commish at dynastyowner.com and tell them to hook you up with a nerd herd league. That's dynastyowner.com slash nerds and go join a league with other nerd herd listeners and play against the best competition.
0: Love it. Love it. Who, who went number
2: one? Uh, Clyde Edwards O'Lair went number one overall. And I think Mahomes went two and then Jonathan Taylor three. Mahomes, Mahomes went
1: two. With that big contract. I know. I found that interesting. Well, so, yeah. So, I I don't know. That seems like a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure the one I would use, but it seems like <laughs> a strategy. Uh so today we're talking
0: our 2020 running back ones. And I think the consensus at the top of the list is gonna it's pretty, pretty united here. We're all True. at Christian McCaffrey number one. Yep. We're all at Saquon Barkley, number two. True. We're all at Zeke Elliott, number three. Yep. yep. We're all at Alvin Kamara, number four. Yes, sir. And you know, I, I'd start here. Let's start here with Alvin Kamara at number four because the top three, I think, are pretty chalky. Chalk yep. across <laughs> all fantasy football platforms. You know, if Zeke finishes number one, it's not surprising. Saquon's number one, it's not surprising. Uh, if Christian McCaffrey finishes out the top three and he doesn't get hurt, that's super surprising. Right. Uh, Alvin Kamara at number four. We're all here at consensus. I think. This is a guy who's caught 81 footballs every single year. This is a guy who, year in, year out, in his first couple of years in the league, has finished as a high end fantasy football running back. And we find out last year he had a torn meniscus and he still played pretty right. well. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering he, he seemed a little off. And now, he, you know, this news, he's finally healthy, playing for a contract. You know, would it, would it surprise anybody if Alvin Kamara finishes as the running back 1 1 overall this year?
1: I mean, I, I there is such a differentiation between Christian McCaffrey and everyone else that if if he even if he comes down a little bit, it would take quite a bit to get get leapfrogged um, by anybody else. So, yeah, I mean, it would surprise me, but um, for if for him to finish second wouldn't surprise me at all.
2: The the diff, the most difficult part about Kamara is just the raw touches. I think that would be the only thing really truly holding him back from being that 1-1. One, one. If he got the same type of touches that McCaffrey and Barkley and we expect these guys to get, then I think it's definitely a possibility, but I just think on raw touches alone, he won't quite have enough to really contend for one overall, but I think he's a pretty safe bet if healthy to be somewhere, you know, 3 to 10, like pretty safe.
0: Yeah, I mean latavius murray's not a real threat to dig into his carries i know some people want to take latavius there but he's a nice running back i could see them using kamara a little bit more behind the backfield here bringing a guy like emmanuel sanders so far Traquan smith has had a solid camp as well jared cook another year in this offense with drew Brees, and of course michael thomas i think opening things up i think where we the way we get there with this path is he jumped from, he finally jumped from the 81 catches and gets close to that 100 catch mark you know that 19 more catches upticks he he has to get close to that austin eckler 950 to a thousand yards receiving go on yeah. top of his running game to get there and i just think there is a path for that him in new orleans this year uh with all the other weapons they do have around him i,
1: I just i think i think one is out of the question I, I just i just think christian mccaffrey is that much better than than most of these other players uh, as far as fantasy football goes um but like I said, too, too well within the realm well, of possibility for me.
2: What are the odds that somebody other than Christian McCaffrey gets one? Because we know that it's actually very, very rare for someone to repeat as back-to-back champions and fantasy points. Like, Has it like twice? Yeah, it, it hasn't happened very much. I think in it the was last like Priest 15, Holmes years? or yeah.
1: Jamal Charles or somebody like that. It was it was a while back. He was scoring 10 points per game more than anyone else On, last year. Unreal. 10 points per game. So well, I mean even even if he comes back down to earth, which I expect him to do, I mean, how much is he gonna lose per game? So would you take Christian McCaffrey or the field if you had to place a bet today? The field. The field? I would easily take, take Christian McCaffrey. I would Ooh. take the field easily. Because to be to finish one-one?
0: Well here's it. We have a new quarterback, right? Right. New quarterback. Whole new offensive coordinator, whole new head coach. So whole new systems in place. Uh and then for a running back, all it takes is just one game or two games. I mean, we saw it McCa- Barkley yeah, last right. year. You're right. He would have Barclay to find Barkley finished running back right. ten because he missed four games. Right. Or three games. You yeah. know what I mean? He missed three games. So it, it all it took was three games from Barkley to miss and he went all the way down to running back ten. So it doesn't take much, you know,
1: with these guys in these Are leagues. Eleven points better than Barkley on a per game basis, though. Eleven I mean, it's just there's Listen, such it's gonna be disparity. It's I just, mean it's it's just insane. I agree. I
0: mean, I I think McCaffrey has the highest chance yeah. to be number one. He's my number one running back in the season. He's everybody's number one running back in the season. You won't see anybody in a redraft league that has one one unless they're like a huge homer, not take Christian McCaffrey. Right. But again, I'm still taking the field. Barkley's too talented. He was a year away from being a running back one. And he was he was unanimous running back one pretty much you know, I'd say not as unanimous. There's still Christian McCaffrey, people taking him number one overall, mm. but he was unanimous 1 1. He finishes running back 10. It's just too much. We see it every year. This is the list that looks different year in, year out when it comes to number one. So Wide receiver list, pretty consistent. Tight end list, pretty consistent. Even the quarterback list, pretty consistent. That running back list, we've said before hashtag two, three year window. The odds of you being a running back one more than once is very very slim. Mm-hmm. So once your name is on that list from last year the odds you be on that list again it, it's a hard thing to do. It is mostly not just cuz of talent it's just because of injury. Yeah. So for me Alvin Kamara is a long shot of course. But I I look at this you're right man it's probably closer to like the number 2 overall. Everybody's chasing McCaffrey.
1: It's if there wasn't such a large disparity between you know the points last hundred and almost on almost 160 points more than the than the running back two last year, that's just unreal, unreal, unheard of, um, and that's. That was a really loud thud. Uh, uh, <laughs> Murder's that, going on upstairs. Yeah. Um,
0: so. Well, Barkley I, could take a big step forward going in, his pa- in the passing game this year. You know him, Joe Brady, Jason Gary here. He can, he can catch a lot more football this sure. year. And when it comes down to pure talent, I mean, who are you taking? Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley?
1: I think you're splitting hairs,
0: man. That's fair, too. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: really think you're splitting hairs. I, right? I, think, I think Barkley is the more freak prospect of the two. But, I mean. Christian McCaffrey done an incredible job shoring up a lot of like the lower points in his game. Wait, is
1: he really like that much of a more
2: of a freak athlete than I Christian think McCaffrey? coming, I think coming out of college. Yes. I, I think Christian McCaffrey's done a great job of like bulking up, becoming yeah. much better between the tackles. And so it's, it's made that gap a lot closer than it, than it was at least out of college anyway. Sure.
0: No, I agree with that. Can we all, can we all agree too? these are top four dynasty running backs as well? So now it is only for the 2020 season. Would, are these guys round up your top four dynasty running backs? If you had to take, you're on the clock. You have the one, two, three, four, in a startup, and you can only take running backs. Are you going this way, or you? Who, and if not, who are you bumping out for? Who? I see your eyes. Uh, you're thinking over there, Garrett. Like who? You want to bump Alvin Kamara out for who? I,
1: I think we had this conversation a few weeks back, and and I was grappling between. Alvin Kamara and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And then I ended up saying Alvin Kamara and then the week later coming back and saying, no, <laughs> I probably would have taken Clyde Edwards-Alaire. For the right two here, years, Just for right? the two yeah. extra years. And that's the tough you.
2: part. Yeah, him and Jonathan Taylor both are, are, I mean, you get all of that extra time. We expect these both to be elite situations. It, it makes it really tricky, but you you know exactly what you have in Alvin Kamara. It's, it's the exact same system for now. It's the exact same system, exact same team. So it's really how much are you weighing? I can win. I think I in my startup I could win it this year, or I want to make sure that I have continued sustained success. And honestly, as as much as I probably would have gone Kamara, the more I think about it, even him and and even maybe Christian or not Christian McCaffrey, uh Ezekiel Elliott is, you know, potentially on the bubble as well.
0: Okay, that's fair. Number five overall for me. Um, let me just go through the rest of my list here. Good sure. then, yep. So we all have the top, same top four. Right. Okay, so let's, let's let's see where we start to break off here. I'm gonna give you my running back ones that I have on my list in order. Matt, give us yours. Garrett, give it uh, it's yours, and then we'll kind of talk it out here. Um, at number five, I have Clyde edwards Alaire. At number six, I have Austin Eckler. At number seven, I have Dalvin Cook. At number eight, I have Joe Mixon. At number nine, I have Aaron Jones. At number ten. I have Miles Sanders. At number 11, I have Nick Chubb. And at number 12, I have Derrick Henry. Matt?
1: Um, yeah. So number five, I have Dalvin Cook. Number six, Austin Eckler. Number seven, Derrick Henry. Number eight, Joe Mixon, your boy, Garrett. Um, number nine, Miles Sanders. Number 10, Leonard Fournette, because I could not keep him off this list. Number 11, Aaron Jones. And then number 12, Kenyon Drake. Well, I know you guys both at least had
2: one guy that I picked up on that I do not have on my list for top 12, uh, but I will go through mine. Uh, after the top four, we have Dalvin Cook at 5, Joe Mixon at 6, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 7, Nick Chubb at 8, Derek Henry at 9, Kenyon Drake at 10, Josh Jacobs at 11, and Austin Eckler at 12. Uh, but, but I will say, once you got past, at least for this season, once I got past like four Five Or so. Honestly, the gap between six and seven, you know, in there, mixing Clyde Edwards, Joliet, Chubb, like those guys, there, Henry, and then even guys that didn't make the top 12, like all the way down to like 15, 16. I didn't think there was a huge gap between a lot of those players.
1: No, you, I I think you're definitely right there, um, and and that's what made it so difficult. And I know I was just busting your chops when yeah, you were saying oh, that, it was, yeah, that was it was suck. difficult to get, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> difficult to get these top twelve, um, top twelve running backs for this year because it was it was tough. But there were some guys that 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 had to be left off, and, right. and you know, that's what we did.
2: So. But and I think that's why drafting running back running back in. Uh, you know, in one QB leagues and in in redraft this year, I think you almost have to go running back, running back. Because if you don't end up with two of these guys, all of a sudden it gets really, really ugly really really quick right
1: i think it's deeper than than usual in high-end talent mm-hmm. um than than we've seen in some years past but it does drop off pretty quick and then you're in these murky situations for with, sure with with running back by committees and un- unestablished guys and stuff like all that. all my redraft leagues i've participated in so far i've gone
0: running back running back running back and i've gone. i've had three redraft leagues so far and i've got jonathan taylor as my third running back Ugh. in every single league i'm in so far uh Guys I had to just miss, which are guys on your list. I had Kenyon Drake who just missed on my mm-hmm. list. The reason I had Kenyon Drake off my list is I'm somewhat worried if he can stay healthy uh for the entire year. Which you can never predict you know, predict sure. injuries, but I had to like I had to force somebody in here. Jonathan Jonathan Taylor, I had just yep. missed. Josh Jacobs, I had just missed, and Leonard Fournette, I had just missed. But after we were talking about Matt too, I feel like if I could swap one guy out here, probably be Nick Chubb mm-hmm. and Leonard Fournette. So I had Nick Chubb at eleven. I'd probably swap him out for Fournette, which is a two point, you know, two person drop here. But you know, Nick Chubb, somebody he's just such a dynamic runner. But you mentioned when Kareem Hunt came back last year for the second half of the season, he was running back fifteen. And I could definitely see Nick Chubb being that running back fifteen on the year. It's just with that Stefanski offense, and how much he wants to run the ball, how much do they get Cream Hunt involved in the running game as well? Is what I'm curious about. It's just to me when I look at Nick Chubb run, it's just he's so uber talented that can't imagine pulling him on the field but then you watch cream hunt and he's extremely talented
1: yeah that that's the issue Um, and that that is why he did not make my my top 12 list Uh, I just I I can't justify it I think he's gonna be a very valuable asset I think they both are as a matter of fact but I think they're just gonna cannibalize each other to the point where they're both you know Chubb's probably the high end running back to um, Kareem Hunt's probably the low end running back too, but I, I just can't put either one of them in the running back one situation unless there's an injury. If there's an injury, one of those guys could easily bolt up. So let me give the argument as to why you should, because I have him pretty comfortably as an RB1.
2: Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb, yep. Okay. I have him at eight. I have him at 11. So my reasoning for keeping him in there, uh, and, and in a fairly comfortable spot considering too, and I know there's a lot of people that are in your same camp, and and I get the concern as far as touches what we saw last year. One, I expect overall improvement from this offense from last year. PFF had the Browns offensive line. I believe it was the 28th or 29th ranked rushing offensive line. So it was terrible. Mm -hmm. Even with that, Nick Chubb averaged five yards a carry with a terrible rushing offensive line. We addressed addressed both tackles. Much better situation now. The second thing is inside the uh, five-yard line, so five yards and in, Nick Chubb, do you guys know how many rushing yards Nick Chubb had inside there? And he had like 20 some carries or something like that. No idea. 22. Negative 14. Oh.
0: That's a good Holy mark. shit, kebabs!
1: Negative fourteen inside the five yard line. It's because they used to try to split him out wide as well. That was the weirdest thing. I remember that as yeah. the season went on, they would be in a running running formation, and they'd split him out wide oh, when fright. they were down within like the five yard line. I'm going, what the what hell, what are you doing? What the hell are they doing? So that was that was a
2: big telltale sign for me. Yeah, he had fifth. Sorry, it was 15 carries, negative 14 yards. So. Almost, almost lost a yard per carry and only two touchdowns inside the five. Mm-hmm. So that's telling me that he's getting all of his touchdowns from longer runs, bigger plays, broken tackles, stuff like that. Stuff Freddie couldn't screw up. Exactly. <laughs> so if you're telling me he even ups that a little bit and all of a sudden he's at zero. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe at one yard per carry it's inside game. big game <laughs> you know and and now we're seeing four or five touchdowns inside the five yard line as opposed to two that season could look drastically different
0: in a much better offense with much more uh red zone opportunity you're right Garrett I'm leaving him in there you convinced me <laughs> yeah. with, with great offensive line I'm actually gonna bump Derrick Henry out for Leonard Fournette there it is uh you know, and this is not – here's here's why I struggle with Derrick Henry because there's always this, these big running backs that fall out, right? And I know I've been a big Derrick Henry hater for years. But if you look at my dynasty rankings, I've given him a huge boost because he's got, he's got that contract. But up until last year and the playoffs the previous year, Derrick Henry really hasn't done much. I know he finished last year as running back number five overall. And that came with a big push after Tannehill came in. But you're talking about a guy who led the NFL in carries, right? So that needs to repeat. Uh, led the league in rushing yards to get there, and rushing touchdowns. He tied with that with number with 16 on a year. But I mean, for the first um, half of the year, he was just pedestrian. I mean, you're talking about a guy who only had six games over 100 yards. And now, for those to be fair, those six games over 100 yards, a lot of those were close to 200 yards. But those are those are hard to repeat as well. And they lose Jack Conklin at yep. right tackle another year to kind of monitor that offense with Ryan Tannehill. To me, Henry seems like the candidate that when you get these guys that are relying on their rushing yards alone, you start to like, that's where you can start to fall off to the back end of your running back once. Cause the other thing
2: you're banking on is their defense repeating what they did last year. Because if their defense isn't as talented as it was last year and they're not, keeping as many close games and they're giving up more points. It's tough to be in a run oriented offense if you're down 14 points or something like that. So, you know, that's another thing you're banking on is is their defense performing very well. Yeah, against.
0: I'm looking here he averaged 3.8 yards per carry for the first half of the season. And that's where and if you look back that's kind of the running back he was for the first 3 years of his career sure. as well. Um it wasn't they came out of the like Jack Conklin had an interview with the Browns soon. And he was kind of talking about how, like mm-hmm. that last game of the year, they focused on giving him a ton of carries so he can get the rushing title from Nick Chubb. Uh, and remember, he had like two hundred fifty-five yeah, rushing yeah, yards being versus about Texans. Like fourteen yards or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and then all and that was with the Texans sitting their players at the end of the game as well. So I, I can easily see Leonard Fournette outproducing Derrick Henry on he, my list. So I would he was the out.
1: number two running back though from week eight on.
0: He was. He just, dominated. I mean, there. you know, I you're, you're
1: giving all the, the the first half of this. That's he true. was the he was the number two guy in fantasy football for Listen, the second half. Of this. I can only
0: pick twelve of these guys.
1: So if I'm <laughs> I bump understand.
0: somebody out, I'm a big I'm a bump out my least favorite guy.
1: <laughs> I, I I don't like him either. But I, I just, had to leave him.
0: Leonard back in. back in. Derrick Henry's out. <laughs> Matt, my so here's a big question for Matt. Yeah. Matt, my number five overall running back on the year, Clyde edwards Lair. Yeah. You don't remember him as a running back one.
1: I love the guy.
0: The guy is locked in as, a, as the main target hog for carries Listen, for running I, back at Kansas City. Andy Reid's offense loves to throw the football. I know. We've said on this podcast year one he's probably going to catch eighty-five footballs year one, and that alone will be uh, make him a running back one, Matt. Why don't you have Clyde Edwards as a running back one this year? In I would
1: have him as as running back 13. How about he's just like just yeah. it by that much. Just missed.
0: Right, a high end running back two is not a running back one.
1: <laughs> I know. You made that argument last <laughs> year with Joe Mixon, right? Um, he was 13. He was so close. He was so close. <laughs> I needed him to uh-huh. get one more spot so but, badly. Well, I said he was going to be running back 13, right? Right around there. And what did he finish as? No, he. You said he would finish as a running. He would. Finish he wouldn't. outside of a running back one. Yeah, and he finished. And as then a,
0: we found out yeah.
1: forever later that you had him at like fourteen, and I had him at like eleven. We're arguing over three spots of the whole year.
2: Okay,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. let me see here. Oh, Joe Mixon finishes running back thirteen on the year.
1: Yeah. What did uh What did old boy Le'Veon on Bell do? Um. Well, we don't need to talk about it anyway. Everybody. Yeah, I don't, you don't even know what you're talking about. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, Clyde Edwards-Laird, he was one of those guys I struggled with. I tried to get him in. I, I just, it's he's a rookie player who knows exactly how the beginning of this season is going to start out. If he's going to be right out of the, I mean, all the reports are great, but who knows how much of a role he's going to have early on in the season? What if he misses an assignment or something like that? Just gets derailed for a few games or something like that. I think he's got he's going to have definite running back one games and plenty of them. I'm just not sure he's going to finish as a running back one.
0: Clearly, he's not on your list.
2: Matt, normally I do love to take your side, but I'm totally with Rich here. (laughs) And I was even the Jonathan Taylor guy. Uh, Uh, And, uh, yeah, I have him at seven. I have Clyde Edwards Alaire at seven. So even even ahead of my beloved Nick Chubb.
1: I squeaked Kenyon Drake in there as number twelve right. because he finished so strong at the end of last year. Running back four. Yeah. Ever since he came on um from the Arizona Cardinals. So, and
0: looking for that contract extension with the Cardinals as Absolutely. well. Absolutely.
1: He's playing on the one year deal. So and and you know, the walking boot thing is is temporary. He already, he already tweeted out that he's fine. He's just always every year of his
0: career, he's just always banged up and misses some time here and there. And I think like I said, he was just on the outside. Like if I had to pick to one guy at thirteen, it'd probably be Kenyon Drake then Derrick Henry at fourteen.
1: <laughs> so w- so would you feel better if I just put Clyde Edwards Alaire in at twelve and put Kenyon Drake at thirteen?
0: No, no, it's your list, dude. Yeah, you do okay. what you gotta do. I, I just wanna be right. I wanna be right. I gotta have something to stand on when you're wrong. So I gotta be like, look, dude, I Kenyon Drake, Clyde Edwards Alaire finishes running back six just where right where I had him. I have All him at right. five, never mind. <laughs> now, did you guys both
2: have I know you didn't did you have Jacobs outside of your top 12 as well? I did. Wow. All right. So, All so no, I had Jacobs at 11. Oh, you did. I have Josh, Josh Jacobs at 11. Why? Why do you guys
0: have him out so outside he, of the top 12? So here's why. Here's my reason. Okay. okay. Then Matt, you can give your reason. But let me go first.
1: Go <laughs> proceed. You're just going to cut me off either way. It's fine.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I will find a way to go so, first. So
0: I'm, I'm just confused on what the Raiders are doing here at running back i mean josh jacobs comes out so he wants to catch 60 footballs this year he wants to catch more footballs i love josh jacobs made the argument that he was a running back one last year average per game love him as well absolutely love him i have him right on the cusp here good and if you told me how to take J.R. henry or josh jacobs i would take josh jacobs um as a the prospect
1: fat? or just a, in the running back one.
0: Anyway, you want to give it to me?
1: Okay. <laughs> give because well, didn't you have oh, I did. Okay. I did. Because right.
0: I don't want to seem like the big hater that I am.
1: But you know what? You know what? Henry's Let's, out. He Let up in. You know what? Let's take them all out. Let's get them out of the list for all of us. <laughs> I'll <laughs> put Clyde Edwards. <Edwards-Hillary> Larry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to have Jay at
2: eight. That's a pretty far job. All right. it's okay. Four spots.
0: I mean, what's the difference between eight? You said eight between eight and 14. What's the difference? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> but you know the fact that they they draft Lynn Bowden jr. Right. And right. That, not only that they draft him as a running back and they're they're only really using him as running back. Mostly They're I mean, they're giving some wildcat formations sure. there in uh, reports. Las are, Vegas as well. Slow. Oh, really? Well, he's that a quarterback look, playing running back. So what do you know? <laughs> but then they, they you know they re- they have Jalen Rashard and now they bring in. Um, they just signed uh
1: Theoretic. Um, Theoretic. 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 So it's like who's exclusively a pass catching back. That's so they, does. yeah. So but, they
0: have Theoretic pass catching back. They draft a, a pass catching quarterback who likes to run a wildcat. And then they have Jalen Rashard. So it's like, I have Josh Jacobs saying he's gonna catch all these footballs. They didn't, they didn't want to throw in the football last year, which we were all really confused about. Right. And now they're like, they're, with all their movement on here, it's telling me like, oh, we still don't feel like we're going to throw the ball a ton to Josh Jacobs. So my only concern is like, if I'm going to make the same argument against a guy, like, hence why I should probably knock out Nick Chubb a little bit too, is if they're not going to use Derrick Henry in a passing game and they're not going to use Josh Jacobs in a passing game, listen, there's too many runbacks that will be used in the passing game that are going to pass, pass you up. When you play PPR, if you do not catch footballs, you are subject to be a running back, too. It's just that simple, unless you get all the carries. It took Derrick Henry literally leading the NFL in carries, touchdowns, and rushing yards, and that only got him up to running back five on a year. That's crazy. You know what I mean? If you tell me, oh, you have a running back that leads you in all these stats, like, oh, man, he must have dominated. He was running back five. And barely, like, he's a, he's a couple points away from other people to be running back six, seven, eight, right around there. So for me... That hurts Josh Jacobs. It's why I don't have him as a running back one. I'm just concerned. I still love the guy. I think he's absolutely fantastic talent. I think he can catch the football. Showed it to us in Alabama. But at the same time, right until the Raiders prove like otherwise with their actions or I actually see him on the field catching footballs, I'm gonna put him right around running back 14, 15, 16, which is still an absolute terrific place to be. Because, like sure. you said, those guys are all you're splitting hairs when it comes to fantasy product. Fancy production. Matt,
1: you, Josh Jacobs out. Basically the exact same reasons, man. And that, and I have a I have him in a very similar place as well. I just think he's gonna be a high end running back too. I just I can't see him cracking the running back one, especially I just had a, a few other guys that I had above him, even still. You know what I mean? So he's he's gonna be probably 15, 16 in my ranks. That's that's just kind of where I see him for the season. It
0: takes a running back one, you know, it takes a take some running back one to get hurt.
1: Yeah, exactly if if you if i if you said for sure he's going to catch 55 balls i'd be like he's got a he's got a definition oh
0: i have him right around that dalvin cook range like right. i'd have him or let me say joe mixon right around you know number eight here yep. why do you why do what do you have convinced that josh jacobs is sure. a running back one this year
2: so there's there's a couple different things one last year he did all of that production and only 13 games. So he missed three games, Mm -hmm. saw all that production. And actually the last couple, he was playing banged up with his shoulder. So, I mean, we really, it was really only through about week 10 that we were getting the true Josh Jacobs, which was when he was putting up, you know, weeks with multiple touchdowns and all the yards and all of those things. And the other part is, traditionally John Gruden doesn't use his rookies as pass catchers often, because on third down, he likes guys with, more proven pass protection to be back there on third down at times, as opposed to being the ones uh, that having the rookies back there. So I think all of this, yes, I I know that they've brought in a lot of, uh, of, of, you know, receiving backs, but Theo Riddick was past his prime two years ago. I I don't think he's any real threat. Lynn Bowden is also a rookie. So I don't really think that they're going to use him on third downs either. So it really comes down to, will they use Jalen Rashard or will, you know, Josh Jacobs cut into some of that workload. And I do believe that he will cut into some of that workload.
0: That's fair. I mean, I said, Derek, Josh Jacobs was running back 12 last year on average when he did play. Mm -hmm. So
1: I feel like we've covered also the fact that, that John Gruden's offense is very verbose. It's very, it's very, there's a lot going on in it. Um, And there have been even there have been quarterbacks that have said, Hey man, it wasn't until my third year in that system where everything started to click and I I was able to see things and I didn't have to think about it. You know what I mean? So We'll we'll see if it clicks for you know for for Josh Jacobs in year two. I'm I'm personally just a, a little bit skeptical that he's going to reach that 55 mark you know 55 catch mark in, in order to kind of catapult him into the running back ones. But
2: yeah, and I don't yeah. know that he'll quite get the to 55 catches, but I I could easily see about 40 or so, which I think would would still pretty safely and put that would him get in. him
0: there for oh that would get yeah. him there for sure if he stays healthy because he had what like 20 last year or something tw- like that had 20. 20. yeah had my ranking yep. have about 14 15 him catching like 25 footballs mm-hmm. right around there, which is just not going to be again really. good good season just not enough Um, I don't think he's gonna get enough rushing yards I don't think he's gonna get enough catches to break that barrier right and and I feel
1: like we're down selling him like we don't like him I love love him yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: yeah and definitely come from a dynasty startup like I'm taking him over some of these guys that we've already been talking about here. Right. And, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think, I think a year from now we'll have a different conversation where it's – We'll have a lot more information. We'll have a lot more information, but, you know, Jalen Richard might be out the door and, you know we – well, That salary has got to be out the door. Right. We won't be talking about Theo Riddick or any of these other guys. It'll be right. Josh Jacobs. I mean, you know, Lin Bowden will he either have – panned out or looked like a total turd here in year one. I'm kind of leaning towards total turd, but we'll see. Uh, um, So I think this will be a different conversation next year.
0: So I have a question here for you guys. Um, My number six overall running back, you guys both have significantly lower Mm -hmm. Austin Eckler.
1: I have met six as well. (sighs) I was the one that had him lower.
0: Oh, uh, (laughs) Garrett, (laughs) me and Matt, somebody that we both have at six over here and we're both pondering and wondering what the heck is going on over there <laughs> in that noggin that you have him at what number? Twelve. You're talking about, Garrett, you're talking about a guy that finished his running back three overall last year yeah. with Melvin Gordon on the field. You're talking about a guy who caught a th- almost a thousand yards receiving. You're talking about the only player in the NFL last year to have 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving in the same game. Game. You're talking about the only. You're talking about a running back here that just you know Mike Williams is banged up might miss week week one.
1: Don't. So, don't you dare.
0: <laughs> Mike. Don't
1: you dare. Might,
0: might miss week one. So for me, and this is a guy who proved that he could be a running back one, not even like last year with Melvin Gordon in the field. Yeah. The year before that as well, he proved they could be a running back one, when healthy when Melvin Gordon's on the field. Now that he is locked in paid, even if you're watching hard knocks, locked in as the, the ball carrier, the main man. Well, you have him drop in significantly lower. Why? So here was the tough part for me wrong answer you're wrong that's no fair. go ahead go ahead <laughs> cool. uh once once you
2: were right around the the clyde edwards Alaire range like i said it, it you could really throw them all in a pot toss them out and i would probably say yeah that's a good order so where it came down to for me is some of the quotes specifically and we knew this ahead of time about philip rivers being the best quarterback of all time for receiving running backs uh, and i think that's what i am worried about is Are we gonna see from tyrod taylor are we gonna see from uh herbert are we going to see the same type of volume for austin eckler that we saw before because i do think that rushing wise i don't know that he's going to get that big of an uptick in rushes maybe a tiny bit you know maybe two a game three a game but i think for the most part they've really said we we want Austin Eckler to be in a very similar role as to what he was before. So I don't I don't expect a huge jump. And honestly, he didn't have incredible production out of the backfield running the ball. It was really because of the receiving. And so, you know, if he gets to the point where he's dropping down to 65 catches or Ooh. 70 catches, you know, all of a sudden it's a much different story than it was before. Even, even if he just drops 20 catches or 15 catches, you know, that that's a lot. And he was hyper efficient with scoring a lot of those as well. If the efficiency drops different quarterback play, there's just enough moving parts that I do absolutely think he's still an RB one. I could easily make the argument of moving him up four or five spots, but right now I have him just kind of right in that same Drake Jacobs, Eckler kind of all in the same range there.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think the reason they paid him is because they identified his skill set and it, it's a proven skill set. For not, sure. And what I like about Eckler, too, it's not like he just did this last year. He's done this this entire time since coming into the league as an undrafted free agent. So this is somebody who he's proven what he's worth. I mean, that's how he made the team you yep. know, from that preseason game of him catching the football so well and being so efficient with it. It's just he's extremely talented with the ball in his hands. He catches the ball really well. And he's one of those classic guys that if you're – Kind of like what we love about Christian McCaffrey. Just he can't do it between the tackles like McCaffrey can, but he can do it just as well, if not better, through the air. Uh, well, definitely not better.
1: Definitely not better. But just uh, almost just same range. As well. but, but listen, some of the concerns that, that you put forth, I think, are valid. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that was part of the reason why he dropped a little bit in my ranks from four to six. I just couldn't sure. – I, I don't see the – I see – the rushing yards going up a bit. I mean, he was only at five hundred and fifty something. Yeah, on he could easily be six, seven. One hundred and thirty carries only. So I, I think I think you'll see that number climb closer to one hundred and seventy-five on the carries, and he'll probably be in the the six hundred and fifty to seven hundred yard you know range for rushing. So if he has a slight downtick in the receiving, which I think would be a natural thing to assume, mm-hmm. you know, going from Phillip Rivers, who is just one of those more savvy quarterbacks, you know, checking out of of bad situations in the passing game to to you know obvious running situations or a little dump off passes to the running back we all know he was good at that kind of stuff so there's probably going to be a, a few less um, targets in the receiving game in my opinion but just not enough to get him out uh, way down that list uh to, to 11 or 12 like you mm-hmm. had him in my opinion um, yep. so that's why that's why I left him up at six
0: I saw a tweet today from a, a, a Colts beat writer saying uh I've I' I've, the the Colts running backs this year will catch more footballs than they've ever caught in the history of the Colts football. Jonathan, Davis. yeah, it's like, it's because of Philip. No, absolutely.
1: It just he's like from what I've
0: seen our practice so far. Colts running backs will catch more footballs than any time in the history of the Colts franchise. And, and
2: I'll be honest, I had a really really hard time keeping Jonathan Taylor out. Uh, the only reason at all that he is not locked and loaded inside of my top 12 is because we just don't know what the split early on will be with Mac I don't think it's going to take long for for Jonathan Taylor to own that backfield just the total touches on the year and then how much will he be used in the passing game I think it'll be a lot more than some expect but it's tough you you know I have him at I have him at 14 right now uh or actually I think I have him at 13 but I, I really wanted him to be a you know six seven eight in there because I think his talent warrants it.
0: Oh, he's the one guy I could totally see going into with that offensive line, with that quarterback uh, and the weapons around him, not having that like you know Ty, T.Y. Hilton be a little bit older, going to the 2021 season as in that upper tier of running backs, that tier one like Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara range. I could see him making the biggest leap uh, going down here we all had Joe Mixon as a running back one. Yep. Mm-hmm. We all had Aaron Jones as a running back one. I did not have, Aaron you did Jones. not have Aaron Jones as a running back one. Garrett, tell me why Aaron Jones, who's running back two overall last mm-hmm. year. Well, you don't think he's gonna be a running back one this year. I dropped him down to my number nine, Matt. You had him at 11, 11. So we're pretty close. Mm-hmm. And Garrett, you had him on the outside as a running back one. Yep. Why'd you boot Aaron Jones out?
2: It was another one that was difficult for me to, to move outside of the top 12, but another guy that was crazy crazy efficient with his touches uh, you know when you look at when you look at his carry numbers versus the the touchdown totals that he put up it was absolutely absurd and and most of that honestly was buoyed by two or three games where he had three and four touchdowns in, in total and so I think that we're, we're definitely going to see uh, you know I I, even though I don't think he's that talented, I think we're going to see Dylan involved uh, a, a little bit here and there. I still think Jamal Williams gets some touches. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to have two, two other guys that are going to be involved in what's going on. And then ultimately... I alt, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, screw you guys. And he's going to audible out of running plays more than we've did ever you, seen him do. Yeah,
1: did but you that, hear that what would, he did in practice? No, I didn't. When I, I guess he like audible out of a running play and threw like a 60-yard bomb and did like the suck it <laughs> towards <laughs> the I, I, I about that. I, yeah, I read that. I didn't realize it was originally a running play, though. I, that's what I heard. I that's know. amazing. Yeah,
0: but wouldn't that benefit Aaron Jones some more? receptions then, because I've, I've already hearing reports out of camp that A.J. Dillon's dropping easy passes which yeah. is not his game this guy did not have a ton of pass you know catching right. ability at college so
1: 20 like something throughout his three ridiculously years.
0: Yeah. low the guy's just not efficient that's not his True. game I mean the guys big has really quick feet for like line of scrimmage big, I yep. love I love A.J. Dillon as a professional football player as like a goal back. I think his feet are fantastic uh, to find that crease and get in there for short yardage but that's that's literally all I like him as so I think, I think the, pat, the fact that they might run, throw the ball a little bit more that the fact that they didn't bring any other weapons in whatsoever into the Green Bay, it just makes Aaron Jones, like if he was running back two over last, overall last year in the same exact system, if he does take a step back, okay, he's not running back two, but just knocking a couple points off, which got me to right, right around nine, and maybe mediocre, Matt, 11. 11. Like, yeah. It's just it's just the amount of, like we talk about, if you just get a ton of carries, you could be a running back one. So if Aaron Jones could stay healthy in that offense, mm-hmm it's just a default aaron jones aaron jones was the one guy i didn't want to put in my list to be honest with you but mm-hmm. again a guy fighting for a contract wants to get paid uh rumors are he has had some contract negotiations with green bay already so there's a chance he wants to sign there so he's got a lot to prove and i love these running backs that have a lot to prove because they're going to be they're going to get used and they're going to go balls to the walls here when it comes to production wise or try to produce
1: aaron aaron jones was the guy that i tried to get out I tried you to do. get him out, and I got him down to eleven. I just couldn't. I couldn't justify and get him out.
0: I put him above Miles Sanders. Everybody's right. darling. I got
1: Miles Sanders above him.
0: It's it's close. Uh, yeah. I also have
1: Miles Sanders out.
0: It just it comes down to oh, I just I looked at Aaron Jones and with no like John Maul Williams and AJ Dillon not being efficient in passing game whatsoever, and they didn't bring any other weapons on there, and we still don't know is it Alan Lazard as a number two? Like I look at his uptick in the receiving game. Be offsetting some of that efficiency you were talking about, Garrett.
1: Jamal Williams actually um, wasn't that bad. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Hold on. Let me pull them up. I, he, and he even missed some time, too, with that concussion. And stuff. I think he caught like 40 balls or something like Jamal that. Jamal Williams did last year? Yeah. He That's was, kind of a surprise. Yeah. I think it was, it was 39. 39. 39 balls That's for 200, yeah, 253. So he wasn't quite as effective because he only had 253 yards um against like 475 for so how many of those
0: are dump off screens is what i'm wondering. sure yeah and they, and they said I, th- I still think they bring they brought aj dylan in to replace jamal williams because of his inefficiency in the first place so i think those opportunities won't even be there for a guy like jamal williams essentially right no
2: i agree yeah but uh i i don't know if you heard me uh, rich I, I did whisper i also don't have miles sanders in my top 12
0: what what made you uh move Miles Sanders out of your top? Well, this whole show is like Garrett, why don't Garrett, you, Garrett, why why don't don't you do have our guys, Garrett? <laughs> 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 I told everybody draft to TJ Dallas and now he's getting all these rage reviews. Listen to me.
2: That's true. Uh so n- nothing wrong with 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 Sanders at all. I I don't think he's a terrible player or anything like that, but there was a lot of concerns earlier on in the season. He was missing he was missing some obvious holes. He was he wasn't playing well. It was really buoyed at the end of the season by how effective he ended up being in the passing game. He still wasn't great in the running game, but he was very effective in the passing game. On top of that, now where they're losing their, their, they lost their top offensive guard for the season. Um, so he's going to be out for the year. And I, I'm worried about that offensive line. Now there's also a lot more passing weapons than there was last
0: year.
1: So, you know, whoa, they, whoa,
0: a lot more. Yeah.
1: Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager, who's looked great in camp.
0: Dude gave him a big bump, bumped him ahead of Henry Ruggs in my dynasty rankings. I saw,
2: I it. saw you take him in that draft the other day. I was shocked. I had to do it. I was shocked. uh You know, my boy JJ Arcega Whiteside, a lot of good reports so far in camp as well about <laughs> him. um you I drafted
0: him everywhere in startups, by the way. He's so uh, he's so free. It's he's so just cheap. Like former. Just, yep. Oh, wow. You, you didn't do anything last year as a rookie? Let me dump on you. I'm like, okay. Give me yeah, a little you you,
2: snag, you snagged him right ahead of me in this league. And then Nick Whalen did the same thing in another league. Nick doesn't even like him. He just did it to piss me off. Oh,
0: I texted Garrett <laughs> as soon as I drafted him. I knew I knew for sure, 100% that Garrett was drafted. I, he, him too, I was taking agile. him. Coming back there, yep. Absolutely. As the as I took him, I was like, oh, he won't be back to me.
2: He, will, he would not have gotten I wouldn't
0: back call here. that a ton more weapons, though. Like two, You have two, a second-year receiver that didn't do much last year. Sure. Uh, a, a dynamic rookie, but still a rookie at receiver who, you know, it's hard to find, but also a healthy to Deshaun Jackson who they
2: didn't have last year
1: for now, for now he was Correct. healthy for one game last year too. And then he, <laughs> then he blew out his hand. Those are three receivers that they didn't really have last year. Here, here's the deal. Here's how I got him in and it was fairly easy. It wasn't anything crazy. He, he Miles Sanders came to the league last year, and and he was one of these guys that we said, "Hey, this is going to be a little bit of a murky situation at first. You know, Jordan Howard's here; mm-hmm. he's getting drafted um, in, in the second round, but he's such a good fit for this offense that you know, as the as the year progressing, and as as um, I think it was week week 11 he basically took over jordan howard got injured and from week 11 on he was running back eight almost you know 17 over 17 points per game in ppr so I, for me, I, there's no way, you know, I, obviously Howard's out the door. There's, there's no real competition in the running back room. Now Boston Scott is, is right. the guy that, that is kind of nipping at his heels. But that, he's not I don't real. Expect a ton, yeah. he's not real competition there. He's going to be getting the bulk of the carries and, and more importantly the bulk of the catches. Um, a lot of dump-off type of situations. So I couldn't keep him out of my, even my top hey, ten. He's number nine for hey me. Are you worried
2: about the injury at all? Week to week as of right now.
1: So, of course, that's a little bit concerning, but um, it
0: sounds way, really. like he should, he should he ready be ready for he week he one.
1: Should be ready, and that's what I'm banking. Kiss on. Kiss of death. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm banking on.
0: And, and I'm with you. It's that pass catching ability that it brings to the game. I mean, this is a guy who I loved his tape coming out of Penn State. Mm-hmm. I mean, after watching his tape, he was locked in as my number two rookie running back, like easily. Right. And I love this tape that much, and he is viable in the passing game. So. Like you mentioned, Matt, there's no real competition for him here. So in that offense with more weapons to open things up with a guy like Rager, you're talking about a guy like Rager who's a, who's got great speed and a deep spot. Deshaun Jackson, who's a deep threat. JJ Arcega-Whiteside is a big guy, and then two elite. You could call them two elite tight ends. Yeah, the, I would. The, the the open up the middle of the field for a guy like Miles Sanders. I think all I think the two tight ends what really opened things up for Miles Sanders in the past game as well for Carson Wentz to dump the ball off to, which is just going to lead to. Running back one numbers. I already know he can run the ball talent. You know, he's talented at running the football. Garrett, you said he, you did know, like a couple of things he did last year, but we we thought that's what was gonna, Miles Sanders' situation was going to be going into the year. Sure. So for me, Matt, I'm with you. I have him as at right around running back 10, so that's where I see him finishing because I can see him missing a game or two, but still being at like Saquon Barkley where Saquon – played in 13 games finishes running back 10 i can see sanders with how everybody's gonna miss a game here and there be banged up or have a bad game sanders still finishes at 10 to 12 range
1: i could see that as well yep
0: and then who's the other one on the list i said here so joe oh joe mixon oh no we didn't talk about dalvin cook at all but joe mixon joe mixon's the one six yep yeah joe mixon i have him in eight is the one guy finishes running back 13 last year played all 16 games still finishes running back
1: 16 I get, am at eight as well, by the way. How do we have these lists that are like yeah, so similar? Well, you know, that's why this podcast is so
0: successful, you know, when you're right so you're, when you're right so often. Uh, Joe makes it for me. The reason I have now is number eight. at him as running back last year is a couple of reasons. They like get Jonah Williamson right. right? That's, that's a
1: big. Deal. That's a big one that I had left.
0: left. Yep. Huge massive thing. Here. You at receiver you get AJ Green back. Mm-hmm. You have Auden Tate who's looking fantastic at camp. You got Tyler Boyd, and then. He's pretty much locked in as a three down back here. There's no more Gio Bernard you really have to worry about uh, being well, a part of this offense.
2: Even their offensive coordinator said, you know, what we learned the second half of the season was Joe Mixon gets better the more we give him the ball. So, whether or not you think that's like an outdated philosophy of like, well, I'll just hand the ball off more, you know, they it was effective. Like he looked like a completely different player, the second half of the season, even racking up yards
1: against that legendary Patriots defense yeah. that they had. And, so and and the, and the numbers bear it out. From week eights through seventeen, he was running back number six overall. So I mean, they were feeding him, and he was producing. So yep. that, that is exactly how how I got him on this list this year.
0: And the fact that you know on a shortened no preseason season, Joe Burrow's locked in as a starter week one. Yep. Joe Burrow is very familiar with dumping the football off to his running back, just as he did with Clyde Edwards alaire who had a ton of catches last year at LSU. So this is a to me, Joe Mixon is a guy who could finish a little bit higher here as well because he I think his receptions are gonna go up through the roof as well, where he's gonna catch a lot of footballs in PPR leagues, finish right around that six to eight range. I just I think the thing that's gonna hurt Joe Mixon is I don't think the touchdowns are going to be there. I think the biggest hang be. up for him are going to be his touchdowns and him scoring and getting in that red zone. I think the Bengals offense, where Joe Burrow's super talented, they got some good receivers out there. I think it's have a little bit struggle finding the end zone with that defense as well, not being as strong finding the red zone as often as they like to get those touchdown numbers up to be, you know, where if you get those Derrick Henry touchdowns, we he could be running back number three, four overall.
2: Sure one one guy that none of us had in there and I was kind of surprised because I know he's not sexy at all at this point in his career but there's a very real possibility that Todd Gurley could end up as an RP1 this year especially with the comments that came out from Dirk Cotter today 15 to 25 touches a game I mean you give almost any
1: player that many touches in a game they got a real good shot at it no I think I think it's at least I mean it's worth monitoring I'm not sure that that I totally buy into the fact that sure. he's going to be getting that kind of workload week in and week out. To me, you know where he came from. He came from the Rams. They had the most information on this guy. They're still getting to know Todd Gurley here in Atlanta and exactly what he can handle, what he can't in season, how that knee maintenance is going to be going. So for him to say that, it sounds great. It sounds like the perfect scenario. Hey, we're going to get this guy, the rock 15 to 25 times per game. Um, You know, 15 on the very low end. was basically what he was saying, but, when push comes to shove and if, if the knee starts to act up at all, there's just, I feel like there's just going to be a time or two when they have to dial that back a little bit, get some sure. of these other backup running backs, a little bit more exposure in the game. And, and that alone uh, was enough for me to knock him down. It's just, I go off injury histories, like, especially on stuff that's chronic, um, like, like uh, what and he Dr. has going Detroit. on. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um,
0: <laughs> so that, is there anybody on your list you want to hit up on here?
1: No, I mean, I think the only guy that we all had like that, that you said was Dalvin Cook, but I mean, I don't know that there's much reason or or much you know good back that run the ball a bunch. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: So let me get let me get you guys here as we as we close the show. Uh, give me a name that you know a lot of people probably have as outside the tw- top twenty four that could finish as a running back one
1: as a running back one
0: as huh? a running back one that's outside the top twenty four like. For like redraft rankings, not dynasty rankings. Sure. For like a redraft rankings, I'll go first. Let you guys think about. Come catch yep. you off guard. Mine's DeAndre Swift. Uh, sure. This is you know they just had a report come out of Detroit camp saying they asked and Johnson, "Hey, what can you learn from DeAndre Swift?" And he's like, "Absolutely <laughs> nothing." That guy's hips and legs move in ways mine cannot at all.
1: Did they really? Did yes, he really say that's that. what really he John- said? That's what he said. He's like that's embarrassing. Yeah. That it's freaking yeah. embarrassing. So I mean, oh. to me,
0: it's this. This is a guy where. It's a great pick with the decent amount of receiving talent they have, where TJ Hawkinson and a quality quarterback like Matt Stafford playing in a dome, if they can utilize DeAndre Swift in the passing game and how efficient he is with the ball in his hands, you can argue probably the best running back in this draft class with the ball in his hands, He could, I could see him sneaking into that where he has 75, 80. You know, essentially, I could see him being Austin Eckler last year, this year. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So to me, the guy outside the top 24, I could see sneaking in there. And wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. And a guy who I still feel bad that we kind of bumped him down in his rankings because he landed on the Lions so tough. of a talent, you know, running back one going to it is DeAndre Swift. is my guy outside the top 24 that I can see this year being a running back one and flipping the dynasty world upside down and being back up into that top echelon
1: of running backs. That's a good one. And I'm not sure how I can top it. Uh, but would a guy like James White, um, that was a name that was in my head a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, does he qualify as a guy that's outside of the top 24? Would you Oh think? yeah. I think yeah. him and Damien oh, yeah.
0: Harris both, both. I mean, I, I gave Damien Harris a massive boost to my dynasty rankings mm-hmm. from uh all the news coming out of camp of how ferocious he's running and actually catching the football decently yep. as well. So, but yeah, I see James White. I mean, I mean James, back James one, White is it we've done him before,
1: he's, right? He's, he's done before. He's just one of these sneaky guys. We know how much cam loves to get the running backs involved in the passing game as well. So, uh, you know, from, from strictly w- the parameters that you were laying down, I could see him sneaking into this list somehow.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to stay in a similar, similar lane. I'm going to go with JK Dobbins. Uh, all it would take would be, you know, an injury to Mark Ingram oh, yeah. or a couple really big plays. Like we saw that highlight reel catch that he had going over top of the defender in the end zone. I mean, and that was what some people were like, well, I don't know if he has some great hands. He's got great hands. He had a couple big drops in some nationally televised games and people think that he, you know, can't catch the football, but very good hands. There were some reporters just saying like the one comment, uh, and this was about a week and a half ago now on J.K. Dobbins was wow, like Mm. that was that was the comment. Uh, So I mean they're seeing how electric he is, how he's able to make guys miss in space. Uh, So even even if Mark Ingram doesn't get injured, I mean it could easily end up being a Nick Chubb with you know Carlos Hyde a couple years ago where couple weeks into the season it's just too obvious that one player is better at this point in their career than right. the other and they just move on.
0: Yes. I so. have a hard time seeing that though cuz they have a big respect for big trust. They do. Them, you know they know I mean it's, absolutely it's, it's, do. And he was so efficient in offense last year. I just don't I I I just don't see them doing that the, the ingram the they shirt. probably won't they i probably don't
1: won't. i don't i wouldn't see them turn in the carlos hyde page and and them moving on but i could definitely see him being injured he's had things in the past with a foot and he's had meniscus issues and stuff like that where he's missed chunks of seasons with the saints so um i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that um jk dobbins could be the starting running back for a a stretch during this season and just never relinquishes it yep um so i, I could i could see that happening as well
0: Okay. Yeah. There's a couple, I wanted to throw a couple, you know, yep, shoes, sure. give a name out there If that, Hey, this guy could be that guy.
1: Cause right. I still love, I think
2: DeAndre
0: Swift's yeah. still a great guy. Cause,
2: Cause there's other situations where if an injury happened, we still don't care. We still don't want that, pl- their, that backup player. You know, there, there's a plenty of backups in the league where the starter gets hurt and it's like, yeah, I still wouldn't start their backup. Even, even if I was desperate, you right. know? So you, it's good to highlight some of those situations where it might not be as obvious, but if something were to happen to a part of the committee or the guy ahead of him or whatever, because I mean, Alexander Madison could easily be that kind of guy too, if Dalvin cook gets hurt, but for sure, it's just hard to bank and know when guys are going to get hurt.
0: And definitely a situation where we don't even know for sure how the running back situation to play out. The two spots for sure are Washington where you have Antonio Gibson, who's getting a lot of carries here in camp so far early. Bryce love Adrian Peterson. Uh, We don't know how that's going to play out. We're going to see how Ron Vera works it. And then in new England, you know James White, like you mentioned, Matt Sony Michelle still on the pup list. What happens when Sony Michelle comes back?
2: Yeah, and there's even there's even a rumor that he might be able to go. Sony might be able to go week one, so that doesn't necessarily mean that he will still get his full allotment of carries. But it's it, it's
0: definitely something worth monitoring. Tricky situation. Those are the two biggest tricky. Si- well, then you can see how Miami's going to play out with Matt Breda and Jordan Howard. The
2: Rams,
0: oh, the Rams with Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. Yep. Uh, and so there's about four spots out there who who can establish
1: themselves to be the guy. Seattle. Don't sell your boy short. Come on. You know, I, I will say all the reports have been glowing.
2: Oh, they've been so good.
1: Yeah, he's got to
0: be stoked out oh, there hearing yeah. all this. I mean, you're still in contact with him, and he's he's got to yeah. be absolutely ecstatic.
2: He's he's super humble about all of it, uh, which is really cool to see. And uh, yeah, just talking back and forth with him on on different kinds of stuff. And then I I always I'm always like, so you know, how are things with the other guy? And then like we don't talk anymore. Like he's not he's not giving any secrets away about the team. Like he's trying to keep it very above bar, very professional, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But all the reports from you know Pete Carroll saying his professionalism. Uh, Russell Wilson saying he's his favorite rookie like all yeah. of this kind of stuff it, it just bodes really well for at least his opportunity to get a look at like a third down rule pretty early seems
1: like a great dude man I yep. uh, love rooting for guys like that yeah,
0: I love the interview we had on the YouTube channel if you missed that make sure you check out the YouTube channel which we have the Dyson YouTube channel uh, we're going to try and get this podcast on the YouTube channel here by the start of the season we're going to be doing some more videos as well uh, in season for the YouTube channel so check that out Make sure you check out the Dynasty GM. Now everybody has an opportunity here. Now the Dynasty GM is free for every single person to try for a free three-day trial because we've now added the manual import league. And what's nice about it is it's super easy to import your entire league. It literally takes about 10 to 15 minutes to import your entire league into this manually. So now if you don't have MFL, if you don't have Sleeper, there's still opportunity for you to use the dynasty gm and the show that it's still gonna be very valuable for any league platform hosting platform you that you use we made it free yep so for three days all you go the dynasty nerds check out the gm landing page and you can sign up for free for three days so make sure you check that out there's never be a better time to actually use the gm and use the nerd herd than in season yep well off season is pretty great too when we break down all the rookies it's all good
1: man that thing's great for all sorts of things man i love it i love it get get your three day free trial now
0: yeah there's literally no reason not to try ever the Ever. try try the dynasty gm get your teams in there and see if you like it it's just it's literally free Mm -hmm. if you're like oh this is just okay well guess what you saw what we thought of your team and then you move on but I feel very good about you sticking around after you get a little taste of that. You're going to be like, ooh, man, I'm hooked. And <laughs> I'm it's addicted. only
1: going to get better. It's going to just keep getting better. Oh, we
0: have so many updates coming to that bad boy. You, you got We have so many things planned for the Nerd Herd, the Dynasty GM tool coming. Like I said, I mean, your support always goes back into making... You a better dynasty player? That's what we're here to do. So make sure to check that out. Uh, Check out the Dynasty Nerds Facebook group page. That is that's almost at nine thousand. We're like a couple people away from nine thousand users on that. That thing's just constantly revving with some dynasty information. And if you want, stop at the store, buy some Dynasty Nerds gear. Oh yeah, you know football season's going around. You got to step your game up. I mean, we haven't said this in a while. The Dynasty Nerds T-shirt, Garrett's rocking one right now. Got it. The most comfortable T-shirt you will ever wear in your life. I mean, dude, do your nipples a favor. Surround them with comfort. Don't chafe them, dude. Don't do it. You want to look better? Wear a nerd shirt. You want to have a better sex life? Wear a nerd shirt. You want to you want to increase your sex life and just have actually have the sex? Wear a nerd t-shirt. You want to guarantee? And then don't. <laughs> and then take it off. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get it that dirty. You wear it again. Guaranteed to increase your high five intake. The Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Check it out. Check out all the Dynasty Nerds gear we got at Dysoners.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a show that we haven't 100% decided on yet. But the week after that, we're doing bold predictions. Both episodes.
1: My favorite.
0: next episode we're going to cover uh our qb1s for the year and we're gonna talk about some news and notes going around the league guys like mike williams being out for two Ugh. to four weeks we're gonna talk about some guys that are doing well in camp like gabriel davis mm-hmm. for the buffalo bills and we already talked about todd Gurley again carries but maybe we'll dive yeah. back in a little bit more too because i didn't say anything so like, oh, we're gonna talk about this next show too till then adios